0: Wheaties presents Dangerous Assignment. On stage tonight from Hollywood, Dangerous Assignment, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
1: Yeah. Danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment is going to end up with me depending for my life on my own cigarette lighter.
2: morning, Commissioner.
3: Get out your pith helmet, Steve. You're leaving for Arabia on the next plane.
1: Arabia? Now, look. My days as a camel jockey are over.
3: Don't worry. You won't be riding any camels unless you find some carrying oil in their humps. Oil? What's the deal? That's the deal. 100,000 barrels of
1: it. Missing. Look, since when have we been playing nursemaid to oil companies?
3: This is a lot bigger than any oil company, Steve. Three days ago, the Sheikh's inspector found a discrepancy in the figures of one of the oil companies, the Five Star. Unless the matter is cleared up to the Sheik's satisfaction, we may lose the entire concession.
1: Oh, well, who do I talk to over there?
3: Mr. Williams, the field manager of Five Star. Their headquarters are in Marani, near the Persian Gulf. Steve, get over there and find out what happened to that oil. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
4: I have a recipe for you. Now, it's real simple, so you needn't bother writing it down. Take four or five people, or as many as your family holds... Add an equal number of cereal bowls, pour in Wheaties, uh, into the bowls, that is. Now garnish with milk and fruit and sweeten to taste. This recipe is very good for breakfast or lunch or as a little something before bed, depending on when you decide to make it. The reason it's so good is because the 100% whole wheat Wheaties flakes and the 100% nice people you use always blend perfectly. I do hope you'll try my favorite recipe soon, but be
0: sure you use genuine Wheaties And real people. Now, here is Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. Yeah, this
1: is going to be a breeze. All I have to do is fly halfway around the world to a sweltering spot in Arabia, take care of a little matter like finding a mere hundred thousand barrels of missing oil. And I've got a strong hunch that somewhere along the line I'll run into someone who'll say, drop dead to me, and mean it. It's Thursday when I get to Moran Inn. Williams, the field manager of Five Star
5: Oil, is waiting for me in his office, together with his assistant, a guy named Haroon. Well, I'll tell you all I know, Mitchell, but uh, that isn't much. On our last shipment, the Sheik's inspector claimed we were 10,000 barrels short of what their figures showed we pumped out of the ground. She gets royalty on every barrel, so he was pretty sore about it. Yeah, I can imagine, Williams. Uh, Haroon here can probably tell you more about this than I can. I was on a business trip to Cairo when it all came up. As my assistant, uh, Haroon was in charge here. I see. What uh, happened after the
1: discrepancy was spotted, Haroon?
6: Uh, in order to pacify the chief, we passed the matter off as an error in our bookkeeping and paid the royalty... But then we started investigating quietly and discovered that over the past month there has been a loss of 100,000 barrels.
1: Well, uh, tell me, what happens to the oil from the time it leaves the wells until it's
5: shipped out of here? The wells are north of here. The oil's pumped down here to Morani through a patrol pipeline. There's a checker on each end of the line. Uh, Then, as I get it, on this particular
1: shipment, your checker at the fields checked a certain amount of oil into the pipeline, but your checker at this end checked out 10,000 barrels less.
6: Yes. It was his first day on the job.
1: Oh? Well, what happened to the regular checker?
6: Oh, you mean Yusef. The evening before, he died in a cafe bro.
1: Oh, that's very interesting. Where did this fight take place?
6: At the Oasis Club. Yusef went there regularly. He was very fond of the dancing girl Sarida... And very jealous of her. Mm -hmm. She is believed to be the reason for the fight.
1: I see. Well, I think I'll go over to the Oasis Club and see what I can turn up there. I'll see you around, gentlemen.
7: Good evening, Effendi. Welcome to the Oasis Club. You would like
1: a table? That uh, dancing girl out there, is her name Sarita? Oh, yes, that is Sarita. Is she not beautiful? Yeah, I guess she's not afraid of catching cold, either.
7: I do not understand, Effendi. Oh,
1: skip it. Will you tell her I'd like to talk to her when she's through with her dance?
7: At once, Effendi. Her table is over in the corner. If you will wait there, I will send her to you. Thank you. Yes.
1: Oh, i sorry. I thought this was Sarita's table. Oh, but it is. Sit down. Oh, thanks. Are you a friend of Sarita's? Ever mm, so. And you? Well, I'm uh, sort of a friend of a friend of hers. Yeah, I see. Oh, here she comes now. Mm-hmm.
8: You are the one who wished to see Sarita?
1: Yeah. My name's Steve Mitchell.
8: I see the two of you have already met.
1: Well, not officially.
8: This is Trifless.
1: I delighted.
8: And what do you wish of Sarita, Mister Mitchell?
1: A uh, little information about your dead boyfriend, Yusuf.
8: Many men are in love with Sarita, Mister Mitchell. It is a pity, but it is fate. Yusuf was merely one of them.
1: I see. Well, was it fate that killed him?
8: I do not understand.
1: How did it happen?
8: It was during my dance. I heard sudden shouts and the lights went
9: out. Mm, such a pity. I might have saved Yousef, but had I acted
1: more quickly. What do you mean, Treflis?
9: Well, I was standing over at the bar when the fighting started, but just as I got to Yusuf, the lights went out and there he was, lying on the floor with a knife in his back. Such a pity. He was a very dear friend of mine. I miss him greatly.
1: Did uh, Yusuf ever mention his job with a five-star to you, Sarita?
8: No. Sarita is not interested in such things.
1: Oh. What sort of things is Sarita interested in?
8: Her beauty.
1: Modest little daisy, aren't you?
8: Modesty is for the unlovely. (laughs) Is she not completely
9: charming, Mitchell? Well, that's one word for it. Uh, this fight that
1: killed Youssef took place four nights ago, right? Mm, let me see if...
6: Uh, yes,
9: yes, that is correct. I remember because the next morning I made a business trip to the coast. What kind of business you in, with? Oh, several little enterprises. This trip involved one of them, a truck line which I operate. What do you haul? Oil. From here in Marani to the town of Khotif on the Persian Gulf. Hmm. You don't haul
1: for the Five Star Oil Company by any chance, do you? Well, as a matter of fact, yes. They are one of my accounts. I see. Oh, thanks for the conversation, Sarita. Strithless. It was very interesting... swindle has undoubtedly been going on for some time. Yes. If the missing total adds up to 100,000 barrels... Now, look, suppose all the oil has reached this end of the line. Could amounts of it be stolen after that? Why,
6: it would be very difficult.
2: Hmm.
1: What happens to the oil after it gets here?
6: It is pumped into large storage tanks.
1: Are those tanks checked regularly?
6: Fairly regularly. Well, then,
1: after that, the oil is pumped into trucks... and taken to the town of Quatif on the Persian
6: Gulf. Why, yes... I I believe I forgot to tell you that.
1: I picked it up. Is it possible that a couple of extra truckloads could be slipped out without the company knowing
6: it? Absolutely impossible. I, I checked the trucks out myself.
1: I see. Uh, incidentally, a guy named Triflis runs that truck line, doesn't he?
6: Why, why yes, he does. You know much about him? Why, uh, of course. I'm sure he's a man of character. How do you know? Uh, Triflis is my brother-in-law. Oh. Hello, Mitchell. Turned up anything so far?
1: Oh, nothing except a bunch of loose ends, Williams. That's too bad. It means my job this mess isn't cleared up. It means your whole company and all the other oil companies,
5: too. Uh, look, you say this pipeline is patrolled. Yes, by plane, every day. Who's your pilot? A guy named Dean. A matter of fact,
1: he should be getting ready to take off right now. Well, call the airfield and tell Dean to wait for me. I'd like to go along for the ride.
10: Lots of sand down there, Dean. You can say that again, Mitchell. A lot of sand and a lot of pipe. And this is about the most monotonous job in the world.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. You uh, keep this baby at a pretty low altitude, don't you?
10: Have to, so I can spot leaks in the line. Look, uh... Could anyone tap into the pipeline without your spotting it? I don't see how. Even if they tried it at night, i fly so low I could spot the tire tracks the next day. And you can see yourself there's not a track in that sand for miles around.
1: Yeah. Hey, getting kind of dark. I guess waiting for me made you later than usual, huh? Oh,
10: a little, but that's okay.
1: The water over there, is that the Persian Gulf? Yeah.
10: How far from here is it? Oh, eight, ten miles. What are those ruins over
1: there on the coast?
10: That's what they call the lost city of Inzac, several thousand years old. Great spot for archaeologists. Wait a minute. What's the matter? I
1: thought I saw a light over there.
10: Probably a reflection off the water. Nobody's been around there for at least six months. The last expedition was from London, I think. They still have their equipment stored in a warehouse over in Quatif down the coast.
1: Oh, yeah? Hey, just a hunch, but I think I'll take a trip over to Quatif as soon as you get this buggy back home. It's night when I get to Quatif. I nose around until I locate the warehouse right on the waterfront and all boarded up. The sign on it says Royal Institute of Archaeology, London. I nose around some more and find out that the warehouse is owned by an outfit called Gulf Enterprises. I head for their office. I wonder if you could tell... Well, my old friend Trifles. hmm?
9: Oh. Mitchell, is it not? It is. Yes, but of course. We met at the Oasis Club in Marani only last evening. The beautiful Sarida... That's yes, who... my compliments to the
1: beautiful Sarida. Uh, don't tell me that you run golf enterprises. Why not? <laughs> Looks like you're a pretty enterprising gent. A truck line, a warehouse...
5: A warehouse?
1: Oh,
9: yes, the one at the waterfront. I had almost forgotten the place. I have not been near there in
1: months. That uh, archaeology outfit rents it from you, huh?
9: Yes. They still have much of their equipment stored there. They send me a check every few months from London. Uh,
1: Why do you ask? Oh, just curious. You seem to have your finger in quite a few pies, Trifless.
2: Indeed.
1: Indeed. You truck oil here to the coast for the five-star outfit. You also happen to own a warehouse that's rented to an outfit who's been poking around in some ruins up the coast. And... Hmm? And you also happen to be the brother-in-law of Haroon, the assistant manager of Five Star, to say nothing of being a friend of the dead checker, Yousef.
9: This is all quite accurate and interesting, Mitchell. But what does it prove? It
1: doesn't prove anything, Triflis, but it sure sounds like a nice, cozy arrangement. I'll be seeing you. Oh. I head back to the warehouse and try to get in, but it's boarded up tight. I circle around it to the water. The back end of the building rests on a pier. Then I spot something under the pier, a good-sized barge. I climb aboard, and a strong smell hits me, oil. Now I know I'm getting warm. Then I hear a sound behind me. I spin around and spot three gents in white robes, and just one look at them tells me they don't want to shake hands. I swing on the nearest one. (coughs) He goes down. I hit the water. Start swimming. Do
2: not let him get
1: away! Hey! Take careful in! I didn't figure them for guns. I've got to get underwater, but just as I start to dive. Oh!
4: Now, here's something you'll be glad to hear. There aren't any rules. You can eat Wheaties any old way you happen to like them, it's all we could do. Every time we think up a nice, easy rule like putting milk and fruit on Wheaties, some guy out in Seattle is caught using cream. If we decide on strawberries, sure as shooting people start smuggling a banana to the table. One time we made a rule about Wheaties and peaches, and we found a Southern lady eating Wheaties right out of the box. We say Wheaties for breakfast, and women put them in their husband's lunch pails. We say eat them at bedtime, you take them on picnics. (laughs) You're wonderful. So, like I say, there aren't any rules. Well... Uh, Maybe just two. Eat Wheaties the way you like them. And buy them at your grocery anytime you need them.
0: Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell.
9: There he is, floating in the water. Stop
3: the launch. Abura, Abdul, pull him out of the water. Easy, easy.
5: So, put him down on deck.
1: Well, oh, ooh, my head. Oh, so he's still alive. You want a bet? You're lucky. This is lucky. It appears the bullet merely crushed the skull. Well, if it's all the same to you, I like to part my hair on the other side. Hey, look, who are you?
3: Lieutenant Samka of the police. We heard shots and came here in the launch to investigate. You were floating
9: in the water uh, about to go under.
1: Well, thanks for fishing me out.
9: It is now my turn to ask questions. Who are you?
1: Steve Mitchell.
7: Steve Mitchell.
11: Ah, yes, a government agent from the United States. You've got big ears, Lieutenant. It is my business. Start
6: the launch, Abdul.
2: (laughs)
7: yes you are here to investigate the oil scandal
9: or
1: is the purpose of your visit rather to whitewash the company involved that's a pretty bad guess samka hey where are we going back to the dock well it's been a short acquaintance but a happy one lieutenant thanks again
11: oh uh, do not think that our acquaintance will be ended when we reach the dock mitchell I will be seeing you again soon. Oh? Yes, indeed.
9: I will make a point of it, Mitchell.
1: I go back to my hotel and change into dry clothes. My head's throbbing plenty, but I know I've still got a big night's work ahead of me. I phone the commissioner and ask him to check on the Royal Institute of Archaeology in London. An hour later, he calls me back and tells me the phonies, it's an outfit. So there's no record of them in London. Next, I call Williams, the field manager.
5: What's on your mind, Mitchell?
1: Ever hear of the lost city of Inzac Williams?
5: Sure. Bunch of ruins up the coast away. Why? I want to
1: take a trip up there in a hurry.
5: How do those ruins tie into the deal?
1: That's what I want to find out. Can you get your pilot to fly me up there? Tonight? Tonight.
5: There's no place to land around there.
1: That's why I'll need a parachute.
5: Parachute? You gonna jump?
1: You know a quicker way of getting down?
5: No, but... (laughs) Okay, Mitchell, Think it'll accomplish anything, go ahead. It's probably too late as far as I'm concerned, though. What do you mean? Just got a call from the president of the company. He wants me to meet him in Cairo. I got a strong hunch I'm going to get canned. So I guess you are on your own. But be careful, Mitchell.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. How about the plane?
5: I'll call Dean right now and tell him to get out of the airfield and warm it up. He'll be ready for you in a couple of hours.
1: Sorry to pull you out of the sack, Dean.
10: That's okay. We're just about warmed up. Here, they sent this parachute for you.
1: Thanks. You know, it's a long time since I've had one of these babies on. Mitchell. Huh? Mitchell. Oh, Lieutenant Samka. Yes, Lieutenant Samka. Where do you think you're going? On a little plane trip. Look, are you my official bodyguard or something? In this case, I am your official fellow passenger. Oh, Well, I don't think you like this trip, Samka. It involves a parachute jump.
5: Well, then I must provide myself with the necessary equipment.
1: Hey, that's my parachute. It
7: was your parachute. Now it is mine. Look,
1: if you want to go on this trip, get your own.
7: Uh, Thank you, but I prefer yours. It might be safer.
1: Oh, you don't trust me at all, do you? Uh, Frankly, no. Well, what am I supposed to use for the jump? A beach umbrella?
10: I think there's another parachute in the hangar, Mitchell.
1: Okay, well, I'll be with you in a
10: minute. Well, as long as you two guys are determined to jump, you picked a good night for it. Look at that moon.
1: Yeah. Aren't those the ruins just ahead?
10: Uh Uh-huh. We're a little to the windward of them. You should land pretty close. this about the right spot, Dean? Anytime. Well, see you on the ground, Zamka.
1: Here goes. I bail out. The air rushes by me while I jerk at the ripcord. The chute streams out behind me. I start praying. (laughs) and she snaps open and yanks me upright. I look down at the moonlit desert and then... It's Samka. But his chute didn't open. I turn my head away and then I realize his chute was supposed to be my chute. And I'm pretty sure that somebody has made sure it wouldn't open. A minute later, I'm on the ground right beside the ruins. There's nothing I can do for Samka. I find the building better preserved than the rest. There are tracks leading in and out. I go in, and the smell of oil hits me right in the face. There's a trap door the floor. I start to open it. Then I freeze. footsteps outside. I duck back into the shadows. Hold it right there. Uh, uh, Let me get my light on you. Well, well, if it isn't Haroon.
6: Mitchell... What are you doing here?
1: I guess I don't need to ask you the same question, Haroun.
6: But you do not understand. I I was merely...
1: Save it, Haroun. Open that trap door. Trap door? Right there in front of you. I don't think we're going to find down below what will surprise either one of us.
6: Mitchell, you must listen to me. Open it. Uh, Very well.
1: Short flight of stairs and more oil smell. Okay, you go first. And remember, I've got you covered. pretty large basement for an old ruined building, isn't
6: it? Yes, it seems to be.
1: Okay, stay put while I flash my light around. Yeah, there it is.
6: A small
0: pipeline.
1: Yeah, a small pipeline underground heading straight west toward the Five Star Pipeline. No wonder Dean couldn't spot anything from the air.
0: Well, it
1: was a pretty neat scheme,
6: Haroon. Mitchell, Mitchell, I swear, even though he is my brother-in-law, I did not dream until now that he... What are you talking about? Why, why, my brother-in-law, Trifless. I realized that you suspected him, and it aroused my suspicions of him... I also found out he owned the warehouse that the expedition had rented. I came here to investigate. I realize now that your suspicions were justified.
1: Look, as assistant field manager, you could have engineered the whole deal, and Tripless was in a good spot to help you. Now you're trying to pin the whole deal on him.
6: No, 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 no. It is not true. You must believe
1: me, Mitchell. I have had nothing to do with it. Come on, I've seen enough here. I'm going back to town and tell him about this underground pipeline, and you're coming with me.
5: It won't work, Mitchell.
1: Mitchell, a flashlight.
5: Now you're trying to ease out of a tight spot by pretending Haroon is the boy. But it won't work Now drop the gun, Mitchell Williams I said drop the gun Okay Now kick it over towards me That's a boy I kind of figured
1: you'd be hanging around in the shadows here somewhere, Williams As soon as that parachute failed to open
5: I knew you were my boy So you weren't wearing that chute, Mitchell How'd you get up here so fast? I got a two-hour head start on a fast launch and waited here for you just in case anything went wrong with my parachute gang.
1: You know, I gotta hand it to you, Williams. You had a pretty good scheme cooked up here. You organize a fake expedition to come up to these ruins. They run an underground pipeline over to the main line and tap it, and then you cart the oil away on barges from here.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Too bad that checker of mine got himself killed in that fight when I was in Cairo. He's been covering for me.
1: What's the matter, Williams? Wasn't five-star paying you enough salary?
5: Sure, 15,000 a year. But 100,000 barrels of oil is worth a quarter million bucks, Mitchell. You figure it out.
1: Well, right now I'm trying to figure out what you're going to do
5: with Haroon and me. I think you'll see the answer to that as soon as I get some stuff I've got upstairs. What stuff? Oh, just a couple of little items like rope and dynamite.
4: Some people are very lucky. They don't have to buy Wheaties. They just pitch a no-hit-no-run ball game or slam the apple out of the park, and they win a whole case of Wheaties. Take Ralph Kiner. He's probably still working on the last of the 54 home run cases he got last season with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ralph figures Wheaties are plenty okay. He told us, I don't think there's a breakfast dish anywhere that can beat milk, fruit, and Wheaties. Breakfast of champions. From that remark, I just figured that Mr. Kiner wouldn't even mind going out and buying his Wheaties if he had to. And I reckon you won't either. After all, it isn't
0: much of a trip, just down to the grocery. And now, here is the conclusion of Dangerous Assignment. Mitchell, what is
6: he going to do?
1: That's pretty obvious, Haroon. Wait. Hey, that valve in the pipe overhead. What? Here, give me a hand with it.
6: We've got to get it open in a hurry. But I
1: still don't understand. Help me open it. William's just going to tie us up here and then blow the whole works up.
6: Uh, 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 There. It it is opening.
1: Come on, get the valve wide open. There.
6: Uh, But but what good will it do to flood this basement with oil? (laughs) Those... Those fumes.
1: The fumes the, and the oil are the only things that can save us, Haroon.
6: Wait. Maybe... Maybe we can follow the pipeline underground and escape that <laughs> <yet>. way.
1: <coughs> no soap. They filled in the
6: tunnel all around that pipe. Uh, Mitchell. Mitchell, the oil is ankle-deep already.
1: Good. Now, where's that cigarette lighter of mine?
6: Lighter? Wait, Mitchell. <laughs> wait.
1: <coughs> Brother, you could cut these fumes with a knife. Okay,
5: boys. Get with the beam of my flashlight. Here we are, William. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Mitchell, what are you doing? Just giving the place a little oil bath, Williams. What have you got in your hand? Drop it. Oh no, you
1: drop that gun, Williams, right now.
5: You're crazy. I'll fill you so full of
1: oil. Oh, no, you won't. This is a cigarette lighter. I'm holding it right next to this stream of oil. All I have to do is make a spark with it. This whole place will go up in flames so quick you'll never make it to that trap door.
5: Cigarette lighters don't always light, Mitchell.
1: Sorry, Buster. This is an Evans. It never misses. I'll give you just three seconds. I could kill you before you light it. Try it. One. He's
5: talking like a madman.
1: Two. Wait. No. No. Drop the gun. Okay. Okay. Now, come here. I want to use that rope you're carrying. Tie him up, Haroon. Look out, Mitchell, and I... I'll take that lighter. Have a fist instead. Oh. My, my, my. Well, I guess there's one way of rubbing his nose in it. Well, come on, Haroon. Let's get him upstairs. Uh, He he is covered
6: with oil.
9: Yeah. You got him? Yes.
6: Up the steps with him. (coughs) These fumes. Mitchell, one spark would have turned this place into an inferno.
1: You're telling me. Well, here we are. Set him down on the floor. All right. Now, come on. Let's show me get some fresh air before we keel over.
6: Uh, Ah, that is better. Mitchell, I must say you have nerves of steel.
1: Yeah. Right now they're creaking a little bit. I could use a cigarette.
6: Uh, Yes, of course. Here, I have one.
1: Oh, thanks. How about a light?
6: Oh, but uh, your cigarette lighter.
1: Oh, that. I keep forgetting to get flints for it. It doesn't work.
6: What? But I heard you say to Williams that... Yeah,
1: Williams didn't know I didn't have any flint in it. Mitchell, you were just bluffing. Look. When you've got no cards, you've got a bluff. But a bluff is the best poker hand in the world as long as the opposition doesn't call you. And Williams didn't call. Now, how about a match?
0: Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif, with music by Basil Adlam, and is produced and directed by Bill Carnes. Join us again next Wednesday when Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell embarks on another dangerous assignment.
4: And this is your Wheaties man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen next Monday night to Frank Lovejoy and Nightbeat on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then.
0: to bake a pie sometime soon? Make it with Crust Quick, the Betty Crocker Pie Crust Mix. You know it's a tender, flaky crust that's at the bottom of every delicious pie, sure as you used Crust Quick. And so easy.
8: Just add water to Crust Quick.
0: Mmm, and what pie crust? Tender crust, tasty crust, rich, short, lovely crust, just like Betty Crocker makes. And you can make it.
8: Just add water to Crust Quick.
0: Crust Quick, the Betty Crocker Pie Crust Mix. Tomorrow's family programs include The Aldriches and Father Knows Best on NBC. Wheaties presents Dangerous Assignment. On stage tonight from Hollywood, Dangerous Assignment. Another in the Wheaties big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
1: Yeah. Danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize this assignment is going to involve a dead correspondent, a Burmese girl, a trip through the jungle, and a fallen idol. Uh-huh. Morning, Commissioner. Steve.
3: Last night, an American newspaper correspondent named Kent Jackson was murdered in Rangoon, Burma. Your plane leaves in an hour.
1: I'm flying clear
3: to Burma because a correspondent gets himself killed? Kent Jackson had been posing as a European political refugee. We think he'd been investigating some sort of political refugee racket. Hmm,
1: maybe he was getting too warm. It looks
3: that way. Now, we have one lead. A Burmese girl named Linya who we think witnessed the killing.
1: Where is this Linya?
3: She's disappeared.
1: Oh, great.
3: Your first contact in Rangoon will be chambers at our legation there. He'll fill you in on the background. Get over there, Steve. Find this girl, Linia, and solve Kent Jackson's murder. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment?
6: Good luck.
4: Anybody who knows baseball has played with a bat... knows Jackie Robinson is about the hottest thing in the game. And now, Jackie has turned actor... to play himself in the Jackie Robinson story. It'll be turning up at your hometown theater soon... plan to take the kids. And by way of a short postscript to the movie... maybe you'd be interested in what Jackie told us about Wheaties. He says, a bowl of those crisp whole wheat flakes... sure helps me get set for the day. Well, that's about it. I think you'll like the Jackie Robinson story... And I'm dead sure you'll like Wheaties,
0: Breakfast of Champions. Try them both. Now, here is Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent.
1: Sure, this is going to be real easy. All I have to do is find a missing girl named Linya in one of the wildest countries in the world, then... Get her to put the finger on a killer who'll probably be trying to do likewise to me. It's Monday when I get to Rangoon. It's raining and hot. Chambers is waiting for me at his house.
3: Well, Mitchell, I was sitting right here reading the night of Jackson's murder when suddenly I heard shots out in the garden. This girl, Linya, ran in here screaming at me to
1: save her. I ran out in the garden and got clipped on the head. Oh, I wondered what the bandage was for. When I came to, Linya was gone. Look, uh, did you know this girl, Linia, at all? Oh, yes. She worked in a restaurant about half a mile from here. I used to drop in there frequently. Uh, I don't get the connection between Linya and Jackson's murder.
3: When Linya was shot at in my garden, one of the bullets was embedded in the side of the house. The police dug it out and compared it with a bullet that killed Jackson 15 minutes earlier. The two slugs matched.
1: Oh, so Jackson's killer was after Linya too. Well, there's my tie-in all right. You know much about the deal Jackson was investigating? Yes. Somebody here in Burma has been receiving political refugees from Europe
3: for a price. Then whoever it is contacts the European country involved and for more dough delivers the refugees back to them.
1: That sounds like a real sweet deal. Well, if I'm going to find this girl, you, yeah, I better start getting some leads about her. Let's see. You say she worked at a restaurant. Yes, a French restaurant run by Papa Valdez. You'll find it down the street, about half a mile. Okay, I guess Papa Valdez is my next stop. Well, see you later, Chambers. <laughs>
6: I am sorry, monsieur, but I am closed for
1: the night. I cannot serve you. I uh, didn't come here for food. I came for information. You, uh, Poppy Valdez? Uh, oui, monsieur. I'd like to talk to you about one of your waitresses, a girl named Linnea. I, will I will he... this,
7: Valdez. Well
1: hmm? Oh, I didn't see you over there.
7: If you wish to talk about Linnea, you will talk to me.
1: Really? Who are you?
7: Lieutenant Ramat of the police. And you? Steve Mitchell. May I ask why you are interested in the girl, Ligna?
1: You may ask, Lieutenant. Then I think these credentials of mine will answer your question.
7: I see. I will be happy to cooperate with you, Mr. Mitchell.
1: Thank you. Now, what can you tell me about the girl, Papa Valder?
6: Oh, uh, very little Monsieur Ligna. She was a good waitress and a very good girl.
7: Where'd she live? In a rooming house about a half hour's walk from this place. Uh, Here is the address. Thank you, Lieutenant. Uh, Linnea walked home every night, huh? Yes, uh, that is right, monsieur.
1: Well, then it seems logical that somewhere on her route she passed the spot of Jackson's killing and witnessed it.
7: I have investigated that. Linya could not possibly have arrived at the scene of the killing at the time when the killing took place. I walked off the distance myself. She could not have been closer than three blocks to it. Then I don't get it. Why did the killer take off after her? It is most puzzling. It sure is. The only other answer is
1: that Linnea knows something that she doesn't realize she knows. That means I've got to find her before the killer does.
7: Rangoon is a large city, Mitchell.
1: Yeah, and we're not even sure she's still in Rangoon. Well, thanks for the information, gentlemen. I think I'll go over to Linnea's rooming house and see what I can find out there. <laughs> Wake up. Snap out of it.
6: Uh,
1: uh. Come on, prop those little lids open a minute.
7: Uh, uh, The return to reality is never as good
1: as the dream. Ah, Save the philosophy. You run this rooming house?
7: Yes, it is so.
1: You got any idea where this girl, Linya, could be?
7: No, none at
1: all. Come on, Rip Van Winkle. Pull yourself up off that desk.
2: Uh,
7: What do you wish to know?
1: Do you know whether Linya had any relatives in this town, any place that she could have gone to hide? I Spoke of only
11: one, a great uncle. What's his name? Dalai Singh is a priest. Hmm. Where
1: could I find this Dalai Singh?
11: Oh, Dalai Singh. Go outside and face to the west. You will see the temple. Okay,
1: thanks. Well, so long, dreamboat i locate the native temple and go inside the only light comes from a few scattered candles there are life-sized idols sitting up on perches along the walls then i spot a light coming from a room in the back of the temple i start toward it suddenly there's a grating noise i look up one of the idols is toppling over right on top of me. I dive to one side as it falls, and it hits me a glancing blow on the shoulder that sends me
6: falling on the floor. <sighs>
2: there's
1: a rustle of drapes behind the idol and running steps. By the time I pull myself up off the floor, there's no one in sight. I go into the back room. A little old man with a face like a prune is sitting there, staring straight ahead. Excuse me, I'd like to talk to you. I said I'd like to talk to you. Look, would you mind focusing your eyes on me a minute?
12: I must apologize. I am withdrawn. Hmm? Yes, my son. What is it?
1: You're Dalai Singh?
12: That is my name.
1: And you're Linya's great uncle? That
12: is the earthly relationship? Yes.
1: <laughs> that was a pretty earthly reception you gave me a couple of minutes ago.
12: I... Do not understand. That
1: idol, the one that almost fell on me.
12: Uh, You must pardon me. I was so immersed in meditation, I heard
1: nothing. Oh? Well, I guess I wasn't that immersed because it sounded awfully noisy to me. What do you wish of me? I'm trying to find Linya.
12: For what
1: purpose? I want to find out what she knows about a killing that took place a few nights ago.
12: Is this your true purpose, my son? That and protecting her from whoever's after it. Come closer. Now, gaze into my eyes. No, do not blink. Gaze steadily. Look, what are you trying to do? Hypnotize me? But a little longer. So, there is honesty in your eyes. You have passed the first test. Well, that's good to know. Now, can
1: you tell me where Linya is?
12: Be in front of the Shui. Dagon Pagoda, in one hour.
1: Sweet Dagon Pagoda? How do I go about finding it?
12: You cannot fail to see it. It looms over the entire city. Okay, in one hour.
1: Will Linya be there?
12: Everything will be accomplished. Depart in peace.
1: Del I Sing was right. It isn't hard to spot the pagoda, even at night. It's up on a rise overlooking the city. On the way up there, I get the feeling I'm being followed. I stop and turn around just in time to see a skinny little gent dart into the alley behind me. By the time I get to the pagoda, there's an uneasy thought packing away at my brain. This whole deal could be a trap. But there's nothing to do except to wait and find out.
12: Mr. Mitchell. Hmm? Ah. Look, I
1: don't like guys slipping up behind me. Please! Hey, you're the guy who's been following me.
12: Yes, but I bring you no harm.
1: Who are you? What do you want?
12: I am Maui. You seek the girl, Linya? I can take you to her. Yeah?
1: How do I know this isn't a trap? Who sent you?
12: The priest, Dalai Singh.
1: I see. Where is Linya?
12: I must
9: take you there. Come, we will walk.
1: Okay, Maui, but get this. I'll have one eye on you the whole way, and if this is a trap, if anything happens, it's going to happen to you first. Come on. Look, we've been winding our way through back alleys for the last half hour, Molly. But
10: here we are at proper place.
1: Okay, you first, and don't try anything. Come. Dark in here.
12: I will turn on the light.
1: So. Well, I sing. Yes, Mr. Mitchell. Look, what is all this? You send a guy to take me on a cook's tour of the city, then he brings me down a back alley to you again. You sure don't believe in taking any chances.
12: Toying with chance sometimes invites disaster.
1: Okay, okay. Now, where's Linya?
12: Uh, fetch the girl, Molly Very well. Answer.
1: Well, so this is Linya. You took a lot of finding, little lady. Let the man
12: speak first, my child.
1: Look, Linya. The man who tried to kill you the other night is probably the
12: same one who killed Jackson. Did you get a good look at him? One moment, Mr. Mitchell. Hmm? You accept this girl as Linnia?
1: Well, of course. You just got through telling me that... No.
12: No, I did not say she was Linnia. Wait a minute. You mean she isn't? You have passed a second test, Mr. Mitchell. If you had been the one who was trying to harm Linnia... Then you would have known this girl was not she. Oh,
1: great. Look, isn't it about time the examinations were over? What do I have to get? Straight
12: A's? You have proven yourself. Now I will direct you to Linya.
1: Is she here in Rangoon?
12: No. You must purchase a ticket on the river boat. River boat? Yes. It will take you up the Irrawaddy River. A person will approach you on the boat. You. ...will say to that person, the jungle is very dark. If that person replies, but soon it will be light again... ...that person is your friend and will lead you to Linya at the next port. Sounds
1: like a pretty involved routine.
12: Linya has placed herself under my protection. I can do no less than my best. And now we part. I to return to the temple you to take the trip up the river. May your journey be as safe as mine will be.
1: I go down to the waterfront and buy a ticket on the riverboat. I've got an hour before it shelves off, and then I realize I don't even know whether it's going to be a man or a woman who contacts me, so I go back to the temple to ask Dalai Singh. I start walking along the row of idols and The one somebody tried to push over on me is still lying on the floor, but there's no vacant spot on the wall. There's another idol sitting there, but that idol moves a little. I go closer. Then, as it crumples over and drops to the floor, I see it's not an idol after all. It's Dalai Singh with a knife in his heart. (laughs)
4: Maybe you've got the idea that I tell you all these things about Wheaties just so you'll go out and buy them. Well, that isn't it at all. I'm not worried about you. You've been eating Wheaties long enough to know how good they are. It's those neighbors of yours I'm thinking about. Now, suppose you just go over there some morning and just tell them all the nice things about Wheaties. Like, uh, they're whole wheat and they're wonderful with milk and fruit and they make you feel fine and kids love them and they're flaky and crisp and loaded with vitamins... I think that'd be a mighty neighborly thing to do. I say, I just happen to think, what if the neighbors are listening in tonight too? They'll probably be over here tomorrow morning to tell you about Wheaties. Well, have fun.
0: And now back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell.
1: May your journey be as safe as mine. That's what Dalai Singh had said to me, and now here he is, dead. And that gives me a strong hint as to what my journey is going to be like, because if Dalai Singh talked before he died, there's only going to be somebody trying to contact me aboard the boat. There'll also be somebody else trying to kill me. Well, we shove off. It's an old side-wheeler. I give the passengers the once-over trying to figure out which one to use the password about the dark jungle on there are a few natives, a fat guy carrying a white trench coat, a smooth-looking Egyptian, and a girl. The kind of a girl you'd vote is the one you'd most like to take a trip up a river with. I stand there at the rail, and pretty soon she saunters over. Hello. Hi.
13: What's your name?
1: Steve. You? Marge. Hi, Marge.
13: You got a smoke?
1: Sure. Here. Thanks. bye
13: Long way from home, aren't you, Steve?
1: Funny, I was thinking the same about you.
13: No, river boat, a bar, that's home to me. Where are you heading? Up the river Mandalay. Gonna sing in a joint up there. Oh? Yeah. I guess my voice wouldn't get me into the store club, but they're not so particular in Burma.
1: You've been around this neck of the woods quite a while, huh?
13: About three lifetimes.
1: <laughs> Say, uh, that jungle is very dark, isn't it? Hmm? I said that jungle is very dark.
13: Oh, yeah. Well, I imagine it'll... What's the matter? That fat gent over there with the white trench coat, is he a friend of yours? Hmm? No, why? He seems to be trying to take in every word. Yeah, you know him? I've seen him around Rangoon a few times. I think his name is Lazarus.
1: I see. Uh, Excuse me a minute, Marge. Yeah, sure. Good evening, Lazarus. Uh, Huh? Hey, just a minute. What do you want? You seemed pretty interested in what I was saying to the young lady a minute ago.
3: Why? I don't know what you're talking about. No,
1: you were sure drinking in every word, Lazarus.
3: You're mistaken. I was merely enjoying the view. Good night. Uh
11: And so I hope you will pardon my intrusion on your privacy. It was just that I could not avoid paying homage to such beauty.
13: You're a real flowery type guy, aren't you? Oh, Steve.
1: Hi. Hi. Looks like you just weren't meant to be lonely, Marge.
13: This is, uh... What did you say your name was, Buster?
11: Kamis, at your service.
13: Kamis, meet Steve.
11: I am indeed honored, Steve. I hope you will forgive my intrusion on your a tete. Yeah. Egyptian, aren't you? Yes, from Cairo. What uh, brings you here to Burma? Quite possibly the same thing that brings you here, Steve. What's that? Yes, I sense that we are two kindred spirits, each seeking adventure, each willing to travel around the world to find it. You're just looking for adventure, huh? Yes. You see, Steve, I am a romantic at heart. Else why would I leave my considerable estate in Cairo to travel up a Burmese river on a rickety boat?
13: Hmm, <laughs> Brother, if I had a considerable estate in Cairo or Cairo, Illinois, I wouldn't be paddling through this swamp.
11: The quest for adventure often leads us to unlikely surroundings. It sure does. And uh, now, please excuse me. Perhaps it was fated that we should meet Steve. If so, we shall
1: meet again. Well, it'd be pretty hard to avoid meeting again on this tub. I'll see you around, commies. Good night to you both.
13: Ha! Get a load of him. I am a romantic at heart yet.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, look, Marge, just before you spotted that guy Lazarus watching us, I made a remark to you about the jungle being pretty dark.
13: Yeah, I remember.
1: You started to say something in reply. What was
13: it? It'll keep, Steve.
1: Oh? Okay.
13: Well, I think I'll turn in.
1: I'll see you in the morning, huh?
13: Yeah. Matter of fact, I'll make a point of it.
1: I stand there at the rail alone, staring down into the black water of the Irrawaddy River, wondering how many crocodiles per cubic foot. At this point, it looks like Marge is the contact who's to lead me to the girl, Linnia. That leaves either the flowery Egyptian, Kamis or the guy with the white French coat, Lazarus, as the killer of Dolly Singh. But I've got to be sure who's who before I can do anything about it. Then, suddenly, there's a faint sound behind me. A hand shoves me. Out of the corner of my eye, I get a glimpse of a white coat as I topple over the side. There's a loose line trailing in the water. I grab at it as I hit. It almost jerks my arm out of the socket, but I hang on. got no desire to be a crocodile bait, and finally, I pull myself back on board. There's no one in sight, but I know the white coat I spotted belongs to one Mr. Lazarus. The next morning, we dock at a river port. Lazarus is the first one ashore. I follow him to a little shop.
7: Oh, yes, sir. May I sell you some nice trinkets this Where's the
1: guy who just came in here?
7: But I do not know what you're talking about. Wait a minute.
1: That door over there, where does it lead?
7: Oh, just to the back room. But I have nice trinkets. But, sir, where are you going? No, where?
1: Hello, Lazarus.
3: Good morning, Mr. Mitchell. Come in, please. Quickly, we have no time to lose.
1: Look... What's this all about, Lazarus?
3: I did not have a chance to contact you aboard the boat, Mitchell. You were never alone, so I reasoned that if I left the boat in a hurry, you would follow me. You did. You—you
1: trying to tell me that you're my contact? I am.
3: Delight like Singh is a friend of mine.
1: Don't give me that. You tried to shove me overboard last night. I spotted your white trench coat. But that coat was stolen from my
3: stateroom. All
1: right, try this. The jungle is very dark. But soon it will be light again. And as
3: further proof of my identity, Linia. What?
8: Yes, Mr. Lazarus?
1: Hey. You may join us now, child. So, so this is Linya. You've been hiding in the back of the shop ever since you left Rangoon, huh?
8: Yes. My great uncle Dalai Singh said he would send help to me. How is he?
1: I'm sorry, Linya, but he's dead. What's that?
8: Dalai Singh? Dead?
1: My one friend. Gone. I think the same person who's after you killed him. And an American newspaper man named Jackson. you now you've got to tell me who that person is.
2: I?
8: Oh, but I know nothing, Mr. Mitchell. I do not know why someone is trying to kill me. Look,
1: you worked at Papa Valdar's restaurant in Rangoon. Yes. Every night, you leave right at 8 and start walking home. Now, the night of the killing, you must have seen something on the way home. No, I saw nothing. But then you heard something. Shots, for instance. No. Mitchell, do you suppose the killer mistook Linia for another girl? I don't know. Look. I'm going to try once more, Linia. Now, try to remember. Yes. On the night of the killing, you left Papa Valdez at 8 o'clock as usual, right? Yes. Now, 15 minutes later, you were within four blocks of the scene of the killing. That's about half a mile from Papa Valdez's restaurant.
8: No, I did not get that far. What? I realized I had forgotten to take some food that Papa Valdez had given me. So I went back to the restaurant to get it.
3: But, Michel, that means Linya could not possibly have witnessed the killing. It must be a case of mistaken identity. Just a minute, Lazarus.
1: Keep on, Lenya.
8: Well, I opened the door. Then I saw someone inside the restaurant. Who was it? I do not know. I had never seen this person
13: before. I guess she means me. That is the one. Mark. gun. hold it. Nice and steady, all of you. Well, Steve, you were concentrating so hard on following Lazarus when he left the boat, you made it pretty easy for me to follow you. Thanks for leading me to Glynia.
1: Yeah, congratulations to me. Chump of the world.
13: Oh, now, Buster, let's not cry in our beer. Oh, my, such long faces. It oh, looks like little Marge will have to cheer you up.
1: Well, what are you going to do? Tell a joke or something?
13: You know, I might at that. Because I've got a real funny one stored up for you kids. It'll kill you. <laughs>
4: No kidding. It actually may cost you money not to eat breakfast. Honest. Look, you skip breakfast, so comes lunch and you got to eat like a horse to catch up. And that's tough on the budget. So here's the deal. Start breakfast with a nice bowl of crisp whole wheat Wheaties with milk and some fruit, maybe. They'll be just about wearing off at noon and you'll be all set for a nice, reasonable lunch. And you know, with those Wheaties in there you'll feel as good as money in the bank all morning long.
0: Now, here is the conclusion of Dangerous Assignment. What are you going to do to
3: us?
13: Are you kidding? You mean
3: you're going to kill us just because Linya happened to see you in a
1: restaurant?
13: That's the general idea, lazy old boy. Well,
1: why don't you get it over with, March?
13: In a minute, Buster.
1: You, called, you can call me Steve, and what are you waiting for?
13: My little helper. I don't want any slip ups. Helper,
1: then you're not in this deal alone. No,
13: he's tying up that shopkeeper out in front. Oh, here he is now. Papa Valder! Oui. Good evening, Linia. You have been most difficult to find. Well,
1: I begin to get it. You and Papa Valder were running the political refugee racket together, Marge. You killed the correspondent Jackson, then went back to report to Valder, but just then Linia stuck her head in the door. You two didn't want to be seen together, so you took off after Linia.
6: Come, my dear, let us attend to the business at hand without further delay.
13: Okay, Pop. Now,
6: wait. Huh? You must spare my life. I beg of you.
13: Oh, save it, hero.
3: But I was only trying to do a favor for a friend. I had nothing to do with it. You this.
13: sure you picked must, believe nice, me. brave guys to work with.
3: Steve. Please, don't kill me. I'll do anything to save, please. I beg of Get you. Get up
13: off your knees. Take it like a big boy, Lazarus. <laughs>
1: Suddenly, I realize what Lazarus is up to. He's squealing for mercy like a stuck pig. But all the while, he's inching slowly forward on his knees towards Marge's gun.
13: I said get up. Very well. Let go of that gun.
1: Valder is behind Marge. He whips out his gun and jumps to one side, but I meet him halfway. The slug hits the wall and Valder hits the floor. Marge gives Lazarus a foot in the face and swings her gun free but a second too late. Let go of my wrist. Drop that gun or i will break your arm.
2: Oh, yeah. Drop it.
1: Thanks. I'll take it now. You okay, Lazarus? Quite. Looks like he's a little bigger hero than you gave him credit for, Marge.
13: Okay, okay. So things didn't turn out quite like I'd figured. No hard feelings, Steve?
1: Oh, no? No hard feelings? You kill a newspaper man and a priest to say nothing of a few political refugees here and there along the line, but no hard feelings.
13: Well, you've got a right to your theories. Can I go now?
1: You are kidding.
13: Look, Buster, you've got no proof of any of this. There weren't any witnesses to either of those killings, and if you think you're going to get any kind of confession out of me...
1: I've got your gun, Marge, and that's just as good as a confession.
13: What are you talking about?
1: The police back in Rangoon have the slug that killed Jackson. Five will get you ten that matches these in your gun.
13: Wait a minute. Yeah,
1: even in Burma they've got ballistics. And I bet that's one word you'll wish had never been invented. But no hard feelings, Marge. I mean, Buster, come on.
0: Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell is written by Bob Reif with music by Basil Adlam and is produced and directed by Bill Carn. Join us again next Wednesday when Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell embarks on another Dangerous Assignment.
4: And this is your Wheaties man, Frank Martin inviting you to listen next Monday night to Frank Lovejoy and Nightbeat on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then.
0: Going to bake a pie sometime soon? Make it with crust quick the Betty Crocker Pie Crust Mix. You know it's a tender, flaky crust that's at the bottom of every delicious pie, sure as you use Crust Quick. And so easy.
13: Just add water to Crust Quick.
0: Mmm, and what pie crust? Tender crust, tasty crust, rich, short, lovely crust, just like Betty Crocker makes. And you can make it.
8: Just add water
0: to Crust Quick. Crust Quick, the Betty Crocker Pie Crust Mix. Dangerous Assignment came to you from Hollywood. Tomorrow, Perry Como sings at the Supper Club on NBC.